Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to a following on special podcast from TalkSport. It's all square in the ODI series after the West Indies took the second ODI at the Kensington Oval in thrilling fashion, beating England by 26 runs on Friday. Played again. Oh, that's plunking down the ground. Should be caught. Should be the end of the match. It is. How suitable that the captain, Jason Holder, was underneath that ball. As it hung in the air, you felt certain he would catch it. He's a fine man of a fine cricketer and he's led West Indies to a fine victory tonight at the Kensington Oval. And today the three teams, England, West Indies and the journalists, all travel to Grenada. So a chance to hear back to an in-depth chat that took place during the mid-innings break on Friday when our visitor to the TalkSport 2 commentary box is ECB Chief Exec Tom Harrison as well as Crick Info's uh, George DeBell, uh, Gareth Batty and also Neil Manthorpe with the topic being The 100. Take a listen, enjoy, and if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's tour of the Caribbean. You're listening to Following On. The 100, it's a tournament that's had plenty of talk about it, mixed response from supporters, it would be fair to say. The ECB Chief Executive Tom Harrison is at the ground today watching the cricket and uh, myself and Gareth Paddy managed to get some time with him a little earlier. I began by asking him why was the need for uh, a new tournament, what is the need for the 100 and uh, wasn't it a case of the ECB reinventing the wheel and a pretty good wheel at that? We assess the market in, in the UK to be about 10.4 million cricket fans that are interested in the game. And for whatever reason at the moment, we are only really talking to them through international and domestic cricket to about a million. That's what we estimate our kind of uh, people who are attending and really following the game and, uh, in, in that kind of deep way. We think that the 100 has got the ability to really widen that, uh, enable us to get more into that 10.4 million fans than uh, our current uh, crop of domestic competitions uh, is able to do. 
Okay, bowlers can bowl five ball overs, although you're calling them blocks, not overs, or ten ball blocks. Um, the bowling will change every ten balls from each end. Twenty-five ball power plays. Um, there's there's a lot to digest. It's it's quite different in its regulation. So how will that be more appealing than T20? Well, look, I think there are three things that really we're trying to address, right? One is a fundamental time equation. Uh, and, and actually, if you look at T20 now, in, in a lot of ways, it's actually the slowest format of the game. You know, sometimes the, the balls per hour bowled in T20 is slower than even in, in test cricket in a lot of cases. Uh, so that's the first thing, is to address this and, and get a game into a two-and-a-half-hour time window. And we estimate that we can uh, save 40 minutes from a, a traditional T20 game uh, with 100 ball. Uh, format. The second thing is about perceptions of cricket, right? So this uh, this wider audience that we're seeking, get them to reappraise cricket, what cricket means to them, and thirdly, present the game in a way that is is more straightforward. So the complexity of cricket has been something that's prevented audiences from really feeling part of it. So this is the the you know the concept and the format that we think will will get more of that 10.4 million fans to say cricket's a game for me. More straightforward. Yeah, I think the, 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 op- the opportunity for broadcasters such as yourselves at TalkSport, and I'm sure you're going you're gonna to love this, you're going to love this, uh, the, the format, the 100, uh, the ability for, for us to present it in a much more straightforward way. So the moment that you see it on screen or in the, uh, or in the arenas where, where the game's being played, through the use, different use of the scoreboard, through the metrics, that, you know, the currency is balls and runs, we can really make this very, very straightforward for people to follow. It hasn't been universally accepted by the counties, though, has it? I think we have the whole game behind us, Neil. I think ultimately, you know, this has been built by the whole game and it's for the benefit of, of the whole game. Uh, you know, ultimately, we're in a position now where we've sent the agreements out to host venues. So we were in the process of completing paperwork. Uh, that'll be completed over the next few weeks. Uh, but really, the exciting bit is now it's officially the 100. I've uh, signed off the playing conditions uh, and we can all start getting excited about building it. I was going to ask you how the players feel about it. We've got Gareth Batty here right alongside us. You've had a look through all the new regulations. How do you think the players will feel? How do you feel still a player? I think this is the beauty of being a player. It, it's kind of irrelevant because players will go out there and make it work. It's your job to get out there and make whatever's put in front of you a success. So I think from that side of things, I don't see there's a problem. Um, there's always little tinkerings with rules of games, and we see in the one-day game here that we're watching today that the power players have changed recently. Um, my only reservation... Uh, with it would be um, are children going to be able to play it the, the beauty of 2020 cricket is I, I'm, a, I'm still a kid but I used to play it uh, when I was young and I, I loved it and uh, the guys that uh, play club cricket on a Saturday that want to play a bit in the week play the evening league 2020 stuff so there was always a, a transition over to the fans my only concern is that kids are not going to be able to play it and look, I, th- I, think, um, I think kids will be able to play it one of the, the attractions of this format is it's, it, it's straightforward um, it's something that we can introduce into schools. A lot of leagues are, are, are going to be playing it as their official uh, set of playing conditions for this summer. Um, uh, and that number of leagues is growing. So we see this as being really transferable into the recreational game. So I'm excited about that because I think that for girls and boys, you know, looking at cricket for the first time, and we've seen the growth in the women's game, for example, and the, you know, and, and the further impact of a blast competition, which is, is growing. You know, this is another way of us expanding what we have in English cricket uh, to, to make sure that we're bigger and better as a sport going forward in a very competitive world around us. 
You just mentioned the success of the T20 and the blast is really at its most successful. Um, can they really coexist? I mean, uh, uh, if the 100 is as successful as you hope it will be, will that not alienate or marginalise T20? No, we don't think so. And this is one of the beauties of having a different format is that, you know, the, the unique T20 competition will be a county competition going forward and we can continue to grow on the success that the blast is having. Um, if we are successful, and we will be successful at growing this audience, at widening this audience, then we've all got more to feed off going forward, and that can only be a good thing. Sports followers in England are very tribal. Um, county cricket's very tribal. They're going to have two teams in London, um, and then Manchester, Leeds, Nottingham, Southampton. Will they be... Uh, is, is that your target audience, the residents of those cities? Well, we're becoming more urban as a culture. Um, everyone is kind of moving towards cities. That's uh, what the, the, the big data tells us. Uh, we're becoming more urbanised as communities going forward. But look, the identities that we come out with for these teams, um, the idea is that they become globally relevant, you know, not just relevant for their local communities. But we obviously want local fans to turn up. Uh, the big thing from, from a, a domestic player like myself, to see some big-name players coming in. Are you worried about potentially India not letting some of their superstars come and play? Obviously, they don't allow it any, anyway at the minute, but is that something that we could possibly make happen for the 100 ball? I hope so, Gareth. Um, look, it's, uh, it's, it's, as you say, it's a much wider uh, question, that one, uh, and there are huge political implications on that, but uh, I can guarantee you one thing, it won't stop me asking. Internationally, um T20 cricket, I, I, we imagine, and perhaps the 100 will catch on internationally, but will it not alienate some of England's best players from, from the T20 format and, and therefore perhaps marginalise their performances in T20 World Cups? Well, the high-performance coaches, and we put a huge amount of work into this as part of our process of building it to this point, uh, told us that we can, we, you know, the, the high performance elements of, the, of of hundred balls will be will accentuate those skills. You know, we're going to have pressure moments every single game, like T20 does, but even probably even on a more regular basis. Uh, and that's why we've we've tinkered with the playing conditions to enable that balance between bat and ball uh, to be really relevant, to enable coaches to play a role from the sidelines, uh, and just to accentuate those high pressure moments where the very best players. Uh, have to perform at their best, you know, to get over the line, to win a game, to take a brilliant catch, to bowl a, a crucial over at that point of the, uh, at that point of the game. So, look, we've worked very closely with the best coaches in the business to to help us with this, and they they fully are, fully accept that the high performance elements of this will accentuate those skills for international T20. Marketing is is your game. It's what you are very very good at. Um, and is the hundred. A marketing exercise primarily, um, without taking the game too far away from cricket. I mean, it's it's the window, the time window has been spoken about a lot, and you know, make it a little bit shorter, easier to fit into prime time TV. Look, it's not driven by that objective at all. It is driven by uh, how do we attract a you know this 10.4 million fans that we know are out there that are, you know effectively want something that they can get. Uh, interested in that they can you know hang their shirt on and say yeah cricket is a game for me that is where this comes from that's where the heartbeat of, of 100 ball cricket comes from that ambition to widen cricket's audience to build on what we already have uh, so we've you know we've worked very hard at the the, the the kind of understanding what those fans want and then deliver it in a way that is simple effective and done in a timely a timely way to enable us to differentiate from what we've also got uh, which is proving very successful as well 
Do you have a message for the skeptics? Let's be honest, you talk about a new audience. The existing audience is skeptical. Um, cricket fans are, are slow to embrace change at the best of times. So what is your message to the existing audience? And, and do you any concerns about alienating them? Well, I, I was lucky enough to be kind of uh, involved at a, at a, you know, years and years ago when we developed something called 2020 Cricket. And uh, at that time, it squeaked through by one vote. I remember, you know, there was all sorts of opposition to that you know what we're doing here is taking a look above the parapet into the future and saying how do we ensure that cricket is relevant for future generations that is absolutely crucial we're all passionate cricket fans and we want what's best for the game uh, so here's an here's an opportunity for us uh, to develop something will secure our future welcome back to the kensington oval it's uh, the mid-innings break in the second one day international and that was the ecb chief executive tom harrison talking to myself and gareth batty a little earlier about uh, the launch of the hundred which is not quite as close as brexit but uh, it's it's imminent and uh, i'm delighted to say casting uh, some um uh, uh, forensic analysis on that. Having a listen to it is uh, Crick Info's senior editor and a man very well known to all of our, uh, our listeners. I'm absolutely sore, a bit sure about that, George Dobell. I've got about 20 questions to ask you, but the first one will be, what, what did you make of the interview, George? Thanks for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, he, he asked some rhetorical questions, such as, he said, for some reason we're not engaging with spectators. Well, that's because the ECB sold the rights exclusively to cricket to a subscription broadcaster and have done so for more than a decade. So we know why that is. It's their fault. Uh, he, he said um, the time equation is very important without mentioning they're going to have timeouts in the game. He said the whole game is behind us. He keeps repeating that phrase. The whole game's behind us. I don't remember being asked. Do you remember any spectator being asked? So when he says the whole game, he doesn't mean the spectator. And if it's going to be a spectator sport, which it's meant to be, they might yet be quite important. So look, I, I do applaud the ECB for trying to increase the audience and trying to uh, arrest the ebbing relevance of the game in the UK. Uh, I, I, it was their fault, of course. But I do applaud them for acknowledging that and trying to change it. I think this is a monumental risk and an unnecessary one. Can it coexist alongside? I mean, I thought the blasters is getting better and better. Okay. Isn't it? Yes, uh, it's not even trying to coexist really with the blast, but actually, the real issue with it, look, the 100 in itself, we, we, we can live with the over changes and the gimmicks and all the rest of it. Cricket's a great game. I love cricket. I'll watch it on the beach, I'll watch Second Eleven, I'll watch Village Cricket. I'm sure the 100 in some respects can be quite entertaining. The worry is that it's going to cannibalise the other competitions. So, for example, England have spent four years trying to build a 50-over side. And as soon as the World Cup's finished, they're not going to play any more 50-over cricket. Because actually it's the 50-over competition in England, at domestic level, that will be played at the same time as the 100. So the best 100, 110-ish players will not be available to play in 50-over cricket. So tell me how you're going to build a side for the 2023 World Cup. How's that, how's that going to happen? You need to answer you, your own question. Well, well they're, they're, they're saying they acknowledge there'll be a problem. And when you ask that very good question about will India players be available, no players are going to be available. Look at the Future Tours programme. Every, every nation is playing international cricket during the launch weeks of the 100. So you will have the likes of Chris Gale, Shahid Afridi, Brenda McCullum, WG Grace. You are going to have the retired, the injured, the dropped. It, it, there's no other way it can be. 
everyone's busy, unless they're saying, well, let's cannibalise international cricket as well. I, I'm sure the England players will play a game or two. It is a spectacular risk, isn't it? I mean, it's... Um... Well, well, here's the other thing. It's costing already triple what they said it's going to cost. It's going to cost somewhere between 35 and 40 million pounds a year. So this huge broadcasting deal they announced a year or two ago, and it did sound like a huge amount of money, it's fool's gold. They're going to spend the money they're earning from that broadcast deal trying to engage with people who, who they're struggling to reach at the moment. If they just put a little bit more cricket, this wonderful, great game, on a free-to-air platform, I think it would sell itself. You don't see Chance to Shine and all these other schemes in Pakistan because cricket's popular. And 30 seconds, 30 minutes of inspirational free-to-air cricket is worth a thousand hours of a coach showing a kid how to hit a ball, hit a ball off a cone. You've got 10 seconds then. Um, given that there's not going to be a, a second referendum or even a first referendum on the 100, it's going ahead. Do you have any choice but to get behind it? That's a really good question. If you mean personally, then I have to really reflect on that and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with my career. But if you mean as cricket lovers, we're in a really difficult position. If it, if it succeeds, I think county cricket's screwed. And if it doesn't succeed, I think county cricket's screwed. This has been a following on special. Tomorrow, Jared Kimber takes the reins from Granada ahead of the third ODI, which you can hear exclusively live on TalkSport 2. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 